Happy Mother's Day, everybody. On your way out today, all the moms, we have a gift for you. Um, and so we'll have somebody at the door. Make sure you grab one of those gifts. We just wanted to honor you and let you know how much we appreciate you and all that you do. Turn in your Bibles today, if you would, to Psalm 92. And we started a series last, uh, last week entitled Planted and talking about the value of being planted in the local church, the value of being planted in the community that God has brought you to. And we're going to continue that series now and on through the rest of the month. And uh, a lot of times we'll take a break just for a moment to have a special Mother's Day message, which originally I was planning on doing. But as I continue to study out Psalm 92 and look at what it means to be planted, um, this one word, nurtured, came to mind. And I thought, well, man, every mom's a nurturer, right? And, uh, and so we're going to talk about being nurtured today as you're planted in the local church. Psalm 92, and it reads this, and we're going to read the whole thing, but the, the key portion we're going to look at is 12 and 15. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your works. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man, we had to pause on that last week because I just think that's awesome. The Bible calls some people stupid. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. Verse 10. But you have exalted my horn Like that of a wild ox, you have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies, and my ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. Verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord God, Lord, for what you're doing. And Lord, I just pray right now that, God, over the next few moments that we have together, that, Lord, you would speak to us through your word, that, Lord, we would all be encouraged. God, we would all be challenged. And, God, if there's an area in our life that needs to be corrected, God, you correct that. And, Lord, we would leave this place growing according to your will. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can take me all the way out of the monitors if I'm still in them because I'm getting feedback up here. I want to rewind real quickly uh, to last week. And as we started this series, Planted, we gave a definition. As you study the word planted, uh, you're not going to find a specific definition of it. Um, It just keeps going back to a plant, uh, something that's ready to be transplanted, something that's in the soil. And so we came up with this working definition for our series, and it is this. To be set firm in soil, creating an environment in which further growth can take place. To be set firm in soil, creating an environment in which further growth 
can take place. This is planted. This is what God wants for all his people. Um, that once you become a Christ follower, uh, that you would get planted in a local church. If Urban's your local church, awesome. We're glad it is. Let's get moving. Let's get involved. If Urban's not your church, man, that you would get planted in whatever church you call your church and you begin to support the vision of that church and you begin to help grow uh, by sharing your faith with other that local church that you're a part of. Planted being set firm in the soil. We talked last week about what the soil is. What does that look like? And so if you missed last week, you can go to our website and, and, and check that out. Now, I want to say something this morning, um, that, uh, just to clarify something, okay? Um, when we talk about planted, if you're here visiting for the first time, checking out the church, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm not planted, okay? There's nothing wrong with what's called transplanted, all right? If God is moving you to another place, that's okay, but it's not okay to uproot yourself and just have your roots dangling out. We had this analogy last week. It's not okay to look like this. <laughs> you don't want to look like that no matter what. But Yeah, that's not okay, all right? This is not what God wants for your life, okay? If you are going to be transplanted, you are, you are not just pulling out your roots and everything and just kind of going from place to place to place to place. Okay, if you're going to be transplanted, and when you transplant something, you take some of the soil with it, so it stays alive until it gets planted in that new place. Are you with me? Okay. So if you're like this and you're jumping from place to place to place, let me just put it this way. If it's been a year and you're not planted in a church yet, you're not in God's will. Well, okay. If it's been a couple weeks and you're checking out some new churches, that's okay. All right? But make sure this isn't you too long. We're going to talk about, about why. So it's okay to be transplanted. It's okay to move uh, from one place to another place that God's calling you to. House of the Lord. We came up with this as well, in, uh, in, and we'll get going with today's in just a minute, but I've got to give this to you. When it says that they are trees planted in the house of the Lord, two things we looked at, and that's this. The first one is, is it's actually referencing trees that were planted in the temple of that time. It references palm trees, which were planted in, that, in the temple at that time. And it references cedars of Lebanon, which were actually planted in the temple of that time. And so that's why the, the writer here uses those trees as an analogy. The righteous are like these trees. Where are those trees? They're planted in the temple. Okay? And so you need to be like that. Those trees, the palm, the cedar of Lebanon, you be like that, planted in the house of the Lord. There you'll flourish, there you'll grow, there'll be so much for you, what we're going to talk about today. 1 Timothy 3.15 says this, because I believe that the house of the Lord is the local church. Urban is not the only local church. There are many great churches in San Diego. The local church. 1 Timothy 3.15 says this, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. I don't know how it can get much more, more clear than that. The pillar and the ground of truth. How do I become that tree that's planted there? Every tree, every plant starts as a seed. The seed has to go into the soil. Go back and listen to last week's. Okay? It's got to go into the soil. The seed then dies. We talked about that last week. And then the seed is stretched. And the roots begin to go deep down into the soil so that it can flourish and it can grow. I want to highlight one of the things that makes up that soil, and that is doctrine. Bible teaching. The Bible must be taught in whatever church you're getting planted in. Okay? 
If it's anything else other than the Word of God, okay, the Bible. Now, there's different translations, okay? There's the ESV, which I preach from. There's the New King James. There's the, there's the living, okay? But, but here's the point. As long as the Word of God is being taught, as long as the Word of God is being preached, that is good soil. Get planted in that. Are you with me? If they're going to pull out their own writing, run, Okay? Obviously, we use, we use our personal stories to help, you know, portray a picture that the Bible's talking about. We can bring in other things, but the platform has to be the Word of God. And if the Word of God is the platform, then there's probably good soil there. Today, I want to talk to you uh, about one of the benefits of being planted. And that, that benefit is being nurtured, okay? If a plant is planted, more than likely, that plant is being taken care of, okay? I have several plants on my patio, uh, most of them look pretty healthy right now. One of them doesn't, and I'm blaming it on bugs, all right? has nothing to do with my abilities, okay? <laughs> Something's attacking it. I don't know what it is. It could be that I didn't water it for a couple months. But all the others, they're doing great. So if you come over to my, my, my place and on my patio, you're going to see some plants, okay? They belong to me, okay? And because they belong to me, they're planted in these pots, and I take care of them. And there's a lot that goes into that, probably more than what I'm doing, all right? But it's good, to, it's good to give it fertilizer every once in a while. That's probably what's wrong with them. I need to get some plant food. Yeah, just came to me. Boom, light bulb. Okay? You know, I water them. I give them, I give them you know, plant food tomorrow. Um, and, you know, and, and you take care of them, all right? This is all a part of nurturing. Now, if, if, if I'm walking, you know, into my, into my house, you know, and, I, and, and this is just laying there like this, I, my first thought isn't like, oh, I need to take care of that. My first thought is I need to go throw it away, all right? It's just, why? Because it's not planted. It's probably, it's probably no good, right? And so what do I do? I just take these ones and I toss them. But, but if I find something that's planted in a pot, what do you do? You take care of that. You nurture it. And so we want to look at this aspect of, uh, of being planted today that you get nurtured. Let me give you the definition of nurture. Nurtured means this. It means to be fed. Okay, so there's a feeding element involved. Okay, you're all nurtured, right? You're fed, okay? There's this aspect of being protected when you're nurtured. My plants, you know, if, if you know, they need to be protected, if bugs are attacking them, I'll get the bugs spray and I'll, I'll get the bugs off. What am I doing? I'm protecting the plant. One of the cool things about the trees that are referenced in the Bible, the palm tree and the cedar in Lebanon, one of the ways they were protected is they were protected from the winds and the storms because they were inside the walls of the temple. When you are planted, God protects you from storms. That doesn't mean storms won't come. That doesn't mean you won't feel the effects of some of the storms. Okay? But hopefully when the storm comes, you won't be pulled out by the roots. Why? Because there's protection. Another element of being nurtured is, is to support and encourage. And this last one, which we're going to talk about today as well, to teach. Okay? So here it is. It's to be fed, protected, supported, encouraged, and taught. This is all a part of being planted in a local church. You're a part of a community. Okay, you're going to be there. You're going to be taught. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be fed. Hopefully you're here this morning hearing the word. The Bible says that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. What is that? That's feeding me. Okay, so we're, let's talk about these real quickly. So we can go celebrate our moms. I got one excited mom over there. My mom and my, my wife should be excited because yesterday I sent them shopping, okay? 
And, uh, and I actually gave them a gift card to Starbucks. They got to go to Starbucks together. And then they went and they, they shopped together and bought clothes. Come on, what woman doesn't like to buy clothes? Come on, somebody. Okay? So they went shopping together. And while they were doing that, me and the girls, we cleaned the place. Top to bottom. That's right. Yeah. See, I know how to get to my wife's heart. Shopping and cleaning. Come on, somebody. She doesn't know I hired a maid to come in and do that, but... No, I'm just kidding. I had my daughters folding clothes. It was awesome. And then she was going with, uh, no, Faith was going with the little sweeper. It was pretty cool. Uh, but then last, last night, I stayed up till about 10 o'clock preparing the meal for today. That's right. Oh, husbands, sons, taking notes. All right. And so uh, hopefully it turns out better than my plans. All right. Let's talk about this real quickly. Nurtured. Number one, first part I want to point out is this part of being fed. Part of being fed. These plants that the Bible references are planted in the temple. They're planted in the house. They are nurtured. They're taken care of. The contrast here is the grass that's on the outside of the temple that looks like it's flourishing and it's spreading and it's, and it's green, uh, but quickly will wither in the sun. Why? Because it doesn't have deep roots. That's the wicked. Do the wicked flourish? Yes, the Bible says they do flourish, but they flourish quickly and they fade quickly. You and I, as righteous people, here's what you got to understand. When it talks about that palm tree, the reason it uses palm trees as well is because they grow really tall and they have really big branches that go out. But that is all a process of time. It doesn't spring up quick like the grass. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of encouragement. It takes a lot of nurturing. But the end result is these big, beautiful palm trees. We talked last week about the the cedar of Lebanon and what was so specific and unique about that tree is that that it was one of the sturdiest, strongest woods of the time. And they would use it to to build a lot of their things because it could withstand so much. Not only that, it had a bitter taste to it. Not saying that some of you are bitter, but it had a bitter taste to it so the bugs wouldn't eat it. So it was so durable. This is what God is saying you're like if you're righteous and you're planted in the house of the Lord. But there's this nurturing that takes place in it. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens through time. It happens over the course of, uh, of, of even years sometimes as you learn, as you grow, as you get planted, as you surrender in that local church. That first part is being fed. When a plant is in the soil, it gets fed. Okay. Last week and even this week, I actually did water this this week um, just because I wanted to keep it alive for a little while uh, for the sake of our analogy here. Um, and so I dumped water on it, but when you dump water on that, what happens? The water hits it, it runs right off, and it's gone. So it doesn't even really retain any moisture. So not only is it not getting nutrients from the soil, it's, when it gets watered, nothing it just quickly runs off of them. This one, on the other hand, because it's planted in a pot, I water it. The water didn't seep out. The, 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 the soil obtained that water and helped bring more nutrients to the plant. When you are planted in a local church... You are like that. You're in soil. You're getting watered. When am I getting watered? You're getting watered right now. You're getting fed right now. When you go to a community group, when you associate with other, other believers and you challenge one another, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so I sharpen the countenance of my friend. What is that? That's all a part of being fed, okay? And that happens when you are planted. If you're not planted, you're like this plant, and all of a sudden, you know, you come to church, and I say a few things, and it gets on you, and then it just drips right off. And then you leave, and you're like, what was pastor talking about? Something about honoring my mom? What, what, what was it? What was, I, don't, I don't quite remember what he was talking about, okay? You're not planted, okay? And if you're not planted, you aren't getting the proper food. Not only that, it's hard to catch a vision of where that church is growing. And not only that, it's hard to catch a vision for your life. 
Because you come to Urban and they're talking about being planted, and then you go to the other church and they're talking about going to all the nations. You're like, whoa, what do I do? Do I go? Do I get planted? Okay. Well, if you're planted in a local church, there's this thought that takes place. Let me ask you this question. How many of you guys have ever come to church and you felt like the pastor was preaching directly to you? The majority of the hands. Okay. Okay. Why do you think that is? Maybe because God knew what you needed to hear. And so he, he specifically designed the message and the things the pastor would say specifically for you. Okay? But see, what happens sometimes, we don't like what the pastor said. And so what do we do? I'm out of here. I'm taking my roots and I'm going home. Right? Okay? And you bail. Okay? okay that's why it's so good to bring your Bible and that's why it's so good to listen during the message and then go back and say, okay, is this really what the Word of God is saying? Okay? And if you look at it and say, I don't see how that's in the Word at all, well, then maybe, you know, maybe you need to check out and get transplanted. Okay? But if you examine the Word on your own after the Sunday and you look at it and you're like, okay, what is that? That's all a part of being fed. Are you with me today? You've got to be fed. You cannot go running from place to place to place and expect to get fed. Okay? Because just as the meal's getting prepared for you, you're out the door, okay? But man, you need to get planted. You need to stay, okay? And you need to get fed. Job 23.12 says this, I esteem your word more than my necessary food. What's feeding you? The word of God. I esteem your word. Think about what Job's saying there. God, your word is what really feeds me. God, food is good. Come on, somebody. I love food, okay? I'm looking forward to this food I'm making today, Okay? But man, Job is saying this, what really feeds me, what I really need to sustain is I need your word. Matthew 4, 4, which we mentioned earlier, that, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Listen to me. If the only time that you're getting the word of God is on Sunday, you are going to be really skinny. Okay. All right. That is not a good way to diet. <laughs> Think about the natural. If you just ate one day and then six days because I got to stay thin. Man, you're going to hurt yourself, okay? you got to make sure you're getting a steady diet, okay? Whatever that is, of the Word every single day. And we, we have a devotional online that you can go to and read the Word and follow along with us, or just get a Bible reading plan and read the Bible every day. Don't just come on Sundays and get the Word there, okay? Yes, I know, this is like the steak and the garlic mash, all right? Okay? But throughout the week, you got to have your Mickey D's. Come on, somebody, all right? So go to the drive-thru, get your Mickey D's, get your devotional, and read the Bible. If you are jumping from place to place, you aren't getting fed, you aren't getting food. Let me point out this next one. Number two, if you're planted, another part of being nurtured is this, is you will be protected. There is protection. How is there protection? We know that this is a part of, of who you are, so now you've identified yourself with this church. Hey, this is my church. If this isn't, whatever church is yours, man, if you're involved, Especially if you're a part of a really large church, you've got to get involved. Because it's easy just to kind of float in and then float out. But if you're a part of a really large church and you're just visiting today, man, you've got to make yourself available. You've got to get plugged into a community group or, or, or some kind of group where you're serving. Why? So people know that you're identifying with that body of believers. Why is that? Is that just so they can count you as a number? No. It's so that when something goes wrong in your life, they are there to help you out and to protect you. Are you with me? That you have somebody to call. And it's not the Ghostbusters, okay? But you can pick up the phone and you can call somebody and say, man, this is what I'm going through right now. 
I'm dealing with some stuff right now, or, or maybe it's a sickness, whatever it is, and you can call them. And guess what we do? We pray. Some of you right here have been prayed for. There is so much value being planted in a local church because protection comes. Now, here's the cool thing. is a lot of people call when they're sick, okay? And we pray for them, and, and we see God move in their life. But here's the cool part is that when the Bible says he's Jehovah Rapha, it's not just he's our healer. If you look at the exact definition, it says he's our healer and our health. That, to me, is pretty cool. Because not only is he a healer when I'm sick, but he is my health so that I don't have to get sick. Are you with me? And so, man, if you're a part of that, then we know. And so what happens is this, is we don't just pray for people when they're sick. I pray for you guys all the time. If I know you're a part of this church and I have that contact card, that's why we have people fill them out. Man, weekly, I I, I won't say daily because it's not daily, but I pray for those people on that list weekly. God, protect them. God, keep them safe. God, if they're going through anything right now. That's the value of being planted in a local church. You're identifying with that family of people, those believers. Now, I had three older brothers growing up. I'm a Brinkman, and I had three older Brinkman brothers, okay? Now, that was kind of cool in a couple of ways. One, I learned from all their mistakes. Come on, somebody. I watched them screw up, and either A, I didn't screw up that way, or I knew how to hide it better than they did. <laughs> Just being honest, Mom. Okay? So I learned from them, all right? And, and, and whatnot. But here was the cool part about being, having three older brothers is that everybody knew I was a Brinkman and they knew not to mess with me. Because before I was this big and muscular. I, taking my roots and I'm going home. I had three older brothers and no one would mess with me. Why? Because they knew that I had Steve, I had Mark, I had Ted, and I was a part of them. And if someone came and messed with me, they were going to take them out. Come on, somebody. And yes, at times, I would use that to my advantage. <laughs> I would taunt people. I'd be like, hey, you know who I am? I got three older brothers. <laughs> and they're bigger than your brothers. Okay. I was a part of something. Listen, man, when the devil comes and messes with you, here's when you fail. You fail when you're not planted because you got nobody to go to. Yes, you can go to Jesus, but how many know in this life, it's nice to have somebody going to Jesus with you at times. Okay. I know that, you know, all I need is Jesus. I don't need a church. That, that, that ain't true. That ain't true. You will last about a month. And then you'll get off in some weird doctrine. Well, okay. And there's so much protection that happens of being planted in a local church. Man, you got, you got brothers. You got sisters. You got a mom. You got a dad. And they'll fight for you. Why? Because, wait, no, no, they, they belong to us. And you can turn there. And some of you have experienced that right here at Urban. And man, it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing and it's a good feeling to be planted because now you know you have a family and you can identify with them. When I think of someone being planted in a local church, I, I literally go back to this analogy of the, of, the, of the palms and the cedars. I say, well, you know what? And I can, I can, I can tell you with, uh, with certainty. I could go down, I could point somebody out. Yep, that person's planted in a church. That one's not. That one's planted in a church. That one's not. There's a difference between being planted and attending on a Sunday. We talked a little bit about that last week. Proverbs 16, 7 says this, and I love this verse. When your ways please the Lord, he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. That's the Bible. When your ways please the Lord. In other words, when you're in right standing with God. In other words, the righteous are like trees planted 
When you are planted, you please the Lord. When you please the Lord, the Bible says even your enemies will be at peace with you. That is fantastic. I love that verse. Man, and, and it's, what does that speak? It speaks to protection. You can go back to that verse. When the enemy's coming in, no, 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 wait a second. No, 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 God, I'm planted. I'm doing the best I can with what I have and what I know. Lord, I'm in right standing with you. And guess what? God reminded, is reminded of his word and he comes in. Are you with me? And although the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. And that protection comes right there. What does the Bible say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no Why? Because there's protection. There's protection. I'm right standing with God. And he brings that protection my way. Lastly, number one, you'll be fed. Number two, you'll be protected. And number three, you'll be corrected. You'll be corrected. You'll be corrected. We like the first two a lot. Man, give me the word. Preach it. Although you guys aren't very vocal today. I'm surprised no one's standing up in the back. Come on. Okay. Whatever. You like getting fed, so you come, and wow, that was a great word. Man, I feel challenged. This is great. And man, I feel encouraged. All right, I got, I got fed. We love being protected, don't we? Okay? But, but there's this other element of nurturing, and it's called teaching. And when you teach someone, think about it. For those of you who have children, those of you who don't have children, you observe others that have children, and, 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 and you're teaching one of the the first ways you teach a child is through correction. Right? I mean, they're going over to stick their finger in the light socket. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, use both fingers. Completes the circuit. You know. Okay. No, what do you do? Oh, baby girl, you can't do that. No, the, the owie. Owie. It's a no-no. Okay, and what do they do? Like three more times. No, no. Like the fifth time, you're like, fine, just do it. No. <laughs> what do you do? You correct them. Why? Because you're teaching them, and you don't want them to destroy their life. You want them to flourish like the palm tree, like the seed. So what happens? There's this correction involved. When you think about a plant, it might not be called correction. It's called pruning. Okay? And now to me, the pruning of a plant is one of the most brutal acts known to the plant life. Okay? I still remember the first time I saw this. My mom, uh, at the house that we lived in in Washington, had all these beautiful flower gardens. I mean, just gorgeous. I love going back at springtime, and we make that left turn, and then we wrap around right by my basketball court where it all started. And we, we wrap around, and we didn't win the championship last week. Sorry. It's because you didn't show up and cheer us on, but because you're not planted. And you're just kidding. Um, <laughs> And we drive up the driveway, and there's all these beautiful flower gardens. I love going in springtime, all the different colors and, and whatnot. But I still remember when I was younger, and it was after they, the roses had, had come, and they they'd bloomed and whatever, and they were kind of fading off. And my mom came out, and she came out just, <laughs> starts hacking on I'm like, Mom! What are you doing? You're killing that poor, beautiful rose bush. And she explained to me, she said, no, Ben, if, if I do this, then the next year, it'll have beautiful flowers again. It'll continue to flourish. If I don't do this, then it's just not going to flourish like it could. It's called pruning, okay? 
We don't call it pruning in life. We call it correction. But when I look at the Bible, the Bible says go and make disciples out of all people. If you look at the word disciple, if we could just shorten it up a little bit and give you a simple definition, it means disciplined one. In order for you to be a disciplined one, there's got to be discipline, correction that happens in your life, okay? And I remember, I remember seeing it. Now, these aren't, these aren't pruning shears. These are just really big scissors. No wonder my plants aren't doing so well, right? And see, what happens is, is when it comes to this, if you're planted, there's this correction part that takes place. God comes in with his pruning shears, and he wants to correct something in your life. But what happens is, you're not planted, so you see the shears, you're like, no! And you leave. I liked being fed. The protection was nice. Tie me up, because I'm not planted, so I might blow over, so we, you know, we, we hold you sturdy. But then we come, because we see some stuff, we're like, hey, I see something right over here. No! And you run, and you leave. I've seen it time and time again. And just keep, just keep feeding me the word. That's all I need from you. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, you know what? Just, just keep protecting me. No, I'm done protecting you. It's time to... Okay. God comes. Now, how does... What, what are... Does, you know, God's obviously not going to appear out of heaven with some big shears. Boom. <laughs> Remind me of the Grim Reaper, you know. Okay scary horror flick or something but what are God's pruning shears well if you're planted you probably already know parents are a good place to start pastors spiritual mentors in your life those are God's pruning shears in his hands and he comes along and and he sees some stuff well there's something yeah, it looks like this right here, it's, it's dead, and, and he, he comes to prune something off, but then you leave. And then you go to the next church, and you're fine for a while because you're getting fed, you're getting protected, and all that. It's really good stuff. I like this guy better than that tall pastor dude. He ticked me off a couple times. This, this church is way better. And you're being fed, and you're being you're protected, and all of a sudden the shears come out, and you're like, oh, you have nightmares of the big tall guy. <laughs> and you go from place to place to place. You can't seem to find the perfect church, and maybe it's because you're there. But <laughs> Well. <laughs> and you keep running from place to place to place. But see, when you're planted... God could come along and, and see some things. Like, well, you know what? I see some, I see some lust over here. We should probably, yeah, there it is right there. We should probably get this lust right down here because, wow, we don't. Oh, there's, ooh, you got some anger issues right there. Oh, yeah, I see that. You gave that guy the middle finger in traffic the other day. <laughs> got that one. Yeah. Mmm. Don't know how to love your life, wife properly. Well, he comes with his shears, and he, what's he doing? Just like my mom without rosebush, he's doing it so that you can continue to flourish. This right here is not a bad thing. 
This right here actually is the most life-giving process of being nurtured. But you run from it, you shun it, you don't want it, and you wonder why your life is not flourishing. Because you can get fed all you want, but do you know that you can water a plant too much and kill it? Do you know you can over-fertilize it and kill it? Okay? But what needs to happen to some of you is you don't need to get fed no more. You don't need to get water no more. You don't, what you need is you need someone to come in with some shears and say, you know what, I'm here to help you. This is going to hurt really bad. It's going to look really brutal. It's going to be really uncomfortable. But if you allow me to get that lust out of your life, if you allow me to get that pride out of your life, if you allow me, are you with me? If you allow me to get that discouragement out of your life, if you allow me to get that pain out of your life, if you allow me to come by, by God's shears and allow me to prune some stuff in your life, then next time this year, wow! You're going to be flourishing. You're going to be, but you've got to be planted. You've got to be planted. Let me just read this verse in ending to you today. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 10. Actually, let's go with verse 8. If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Let me, let me, just, let me just, just translate that. You're not planted. You're without roots. Besides this, we have an earthly father who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. We may flourish. We may grow. We may prosper. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Part of nurturing is being taught. Part of being taught in the kingdom of God is being disciplined. It's called pruning. And God wants to come to some of you today and begin to prune some stuff off your life. The reason you are not flourishing is because you're running. And God wants you to stop. And he wants you to get planted so you can get fed, so that you can get nurtured, so that you can get protected, and lastly, so that you can get corrected by his word. And it's all good if you look at it in the right way, because it means this time next year, there's going to be some great stuff flowing out of my life. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that right now that, God, you would put your finger. Just close your eyes for a minute. I want you to think about the message. I want you to think about the message. I, I know for a fact that my mom nurtured me. She, she fed me. She protected me. But when it came time, she went after some stuff in my life. And because she went after some stuff, and it was painful, and there was a time in my life where I lied to her, and she didn't let go, and she came after me. And I still remember that day that I told her the truth. And she said, I knew it all along. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit knows 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that all things are naked and exposed before the eyes of him whom we must give an account. God knows. He's just waiting for you to admit so that those pruning shears can come so that you can prosper. It's about you flourishing. It's about you prospering. It's about you growing. It's not about the correction. It's about the peaceable fruit of righteousness that comes afterwards. God wants to come because he wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to multiply, and he wants you to fill the whole earth with his glory. That's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's about. We make it about us when we run from the correction. But we make it about God when we get planted and we yield and we say, you know what, I'm tired of running. I got to get planted somewhere. I got to let somebody speak into my life. I got to get vulnerable. I got to have some accountability. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop partying. I got to stop sleeping around. I got to stop saying I'm doing one thing but living a totally different way. I've got to make a change. And the only way you make a change is by getting planted and allow people to get into your stuff so that you can flourish so that you can grow. There is something great for you. Come on, the thing that God has for you is better than what you've seen thus far. If you would just let go and get planted and allow your roots to go down and see what God would do in your life. I challenge you this morning. I challenge you to get planted. I challenge you by the grace of God to identify with a local church and say, Pastor, this is it. If it's urban, then identify. If it's another church, then go back and say, man, this is my church. This is where I'm going to get planted because it's not just about helping that church. Listen to me. I don't want you to get planted so you can help us grow. I want you to get planted so that I can help you grow. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you the best you that you could be. I want to see you obtaining the dreams that God's put in your heart. I want to see you living a, a full and abundant life with your wife and your children and your, maybe your soon-to-be wife or husband. I want to see you flourishing. I want to see you flourishing.